This is the Soul Sense Podcast, and we're <laughs> back for another one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm just, I don't know what to say to y'all. I don't know what to say to you. Melvin had me up in here. I'm telling you, it'd be tense as he's trying to set up the, the stuff in here. That's why I don't come in here. I do not touch nothing. I don't want no smoke. I don't want them problems. I think you do, though. No, no, no. No, no, boss. I don't want none of those <laughs> problems. But anywho, y'all are tuned back into the Soul Sense Podcast. You have your hostess with the mostest, Kimberly, that's me, and your trusty wingman, Melvin. Melvin here trying to figure out how we're going to have to switch these cameras around someday because I'm trying to monitor this. While at the same time doing this. So, oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. well. We're still trying to figure out our workflow. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know what? I don't touch anything in here. So I'm never going to be a part of this workflow. That's all right. That's okay. I, I just don't understand. But anyways, we are back for another one. And Melvin, anything going on? What's going on? Just. This usual work, yeah, <laughs> work, a lot of work. Very, very busy at work. Um, mm. Yeah, very busy trying to juggle a bunch of stuff. Um, I had my physical. Mm-hmm. There was no bad news from her side, but uh, I feel like I've been gaining some weight, <laughs> getting a little belly. So I need to <laughs> lay off the pops. Well. For anybody who doesn't know Melvin, has never seen him in person, he is not a big man at all. He's he's a thin guy, and he has just here recently started just to get a teeny bit. Teen, when I say teeny, I mean little bitty belly. And he's like, I'm fat. Like, <laughs> 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 I can't fit my clothes. I'm having to go out and buy new clothes and... Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, regardless, I know you probably feel some sort of way about this. I don't want to diminish how you feel. That's right. But you could stand to stay off the McDonald's and the in the Big Reds and the Fantas. Yeah. No yeah. argument there. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 let me tell y'all something. So the other day, so I'm trying to prepare better food for our family. And you know, I'm talking about them purple potatoes. Don't hate. Okay. So, anyways, so I'm up here trying to introduce new food into the home, things that are good. <laughs> Y'all, these were potatoes. That's it. They're just potatoes that just so happen to be purple. That's it. And you know, if you've ever made homemade mashed potatoes, you know, you got to boil the, you boil the uh, potatoes and you, you mash them, smash them and stuff like that. Y'all, all of that. I put everything in this concoction of mashed potatoes that my family would like. Okay. Um, Parmesan cheese. It was nice and creamy butter. A little salt, a little pepper, a little garlic salt, little, little milk. But it's purple. That's the thing. You see, it's like you'll eat that nasty McDonald's, though. Listen, McDonald's is delicious, first off. Now, is it good for you? No. Nasty for but your But no insides. one can deny that it is delicious. 
It is delicious. Y'all, he, he basically, my daughter, I tried to feed him to my daughter because I thought it would be fun for her because I'm like, they're purple and she likes purple and she knows <laughs> I like purple. And, and I'm thinking like, okay, maybe this will work. Maybe this will work. Y'all, she was like, ooh, that's purple. And I was like, yeah, try them. And she like looked at it like she wanted to scoff at me. She like ate a little bit. And she was like, oh, my gosh, they're so nasty. And then I was like, Melvin, you try. Because you're the one that was like, you need to at least try it, Farrah. And so then I give you a little spoonful and you're looking the same way she looked like. That, I just was saying that to her. But I didn't mean you, that for me. Okay. So anyways, uh, y'all, these things taste exactly like potatoes. They're just regular potatoes that happen to be purple. And they're actually very pretty. It's very pretty because they're purple. Yeah. But y'all, I'm like, they taste different. No, they do not. They they did. No, they didn't. They tasted like homemade potatoes. You you want to eat that mat, that box stuff. Agreed. Now, I do not want to eat that box stuff. But agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyways, so all I'm trying to say is I don't want to hear nothing about you being fat when I'm trying to introduce good stuff and you up here scoffing and turning your nose up to it. Sorry, I don't know why I be yawning. I ate the beans. You yawning because you're tired. Oh, yeah, I am tired. <laughs> That's all right. Anyway, How about you, baby? Um, eh, nothing really. I mean, I, be, I, feel, I feel like I've been... Very productive. I've been getting a lot of stuff knocked out. Um, you know, just it's life is life. I can't say anything out of the ordinary. You know what I'm saying? I'm really gearing up for this summertime. I'm ready for the summer. I think I'm more excited about the summer than our, our oldest is. But, you know, I'm just ready for her. You know, many of y'all know that we've had issues with just her behavior and socially this year for her. And I'm I'm excited for the school year to be over with. I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. But, you know, so other than that, I guess we can get right into it. Yeah, well, so, I mean, I guess it's kind of a good segue talking about our, our, our oldest. So mm-hmm. we can kind of continue our conversation we were having earlier. But uh, we got Mother's Day coming up. Yes. And, uh we were talking about, you know, just the the impact that our mothers had on us, mm-hmm. right, starting mm-hmm. off. And just the idea of building on the next generation. And I know for me, my mom, she's a very strong woman um, and, you know, just took a lot on herself, you know, mm-hmm. took a lot of, of responsibility on for herself uh, and really worked to set an example for my brother and I, um, she did not work when my earliest memories, my mom, Oh, my earliest (laughs) memories, my mom was a a stay at home mom. And, um, until her and my dad got divorced when I was mm, six years, no, eight, something like that. Who knows? But anyway, she, and she dropped out of school when she had me, which, I mean, when I say school, college, she dropped out of college. She's a very good student, but uh, she had me when she was 21, dropped out of college, but went back to work when her and my dad got divorced. And I saw her from that moment on work her fingers to the bone to not only just provide for us, but to also level up. You know what I'm saying? So if she was working, she was always taking some type of course or some mm. type of something to 
every year just to be really trying to increase her earning potential. And um, at the same time, we were always involved in things and she just really invested in us. And uh, at the time, I really didn't get it. But, you know, being in a single parent household, Mm -hmm. which was very common, um, I definitely was way more active than other people that I saw. And my life Mm -hmm. was way different. Mm. Um, And now, as I look back on it as a grown man, I see a lot of the decisions that I made or didn't make were really impacted by the, not only just the words that she said and the rules and whatever else, but really the example that she gave me. Mm -hmm. And so she really kind of gave me the lessons I needed to really impact me far down the line. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think like for me, I always, like every time I listen to the song, like boys to men, mama song, I always like bust out and cry because I feel like no truer words are those like lyrics to that song because I always felt like my mom was my biggest supporter. Still is. I mean, like still is my biggest supporter. Like, I mean, to a fault, <laughs> like can I do wrong? You know what I'm saying? But though I know I can, but Say, you know, like, I think for me, my relationship with my mom was a little bit, well, of course, it was a lot different from yours because, A, you're a man and I'm a woman and I grew up in a two-parent home. Um, But in our home, which I'm actually seeing is similar, not exactly alike, but similar to what we got going on now, when you have the same gender of your kids They just tend to flock to you. And I can see the beginnings of like our girls being like what me and my sister were to my mom. And we stayed with her. We were like little, little duckies that were following around the mama duck. You know what I'm saying? Wherever she was in the house, we was in the house. We was in her bedroom with her. We took baths in there, everything with that. And I think as I was going through my teen years, it wasn't so much... We've gone on a journey. You know, I'm very, very close with my mama, but there was definitely a time where I was extremely disrespectful, rebellious, and all of the things. But really, a switch went off when I had children because Mm -hmm. it makes sense now. Like, and I don't know if you feel that way. Like, now that you got children, like, it makes sense some of the things that your mom, your parents did. Like, even, like, I'll give you an example. So this summer, I am like, I have basically planned out our summer, you know, really for in the with the intention of our oldest, because like I, I, me and Melvin were talking this morning and, you know, anybody who's been following our journey, like I just said, you know, Farrah's been having a kind of rough go when it's come to her behavior. And she's had a lot of maturing and growing up that she's done within this year. We're on the tail end, praise God. But hallelujah that this end this year coming to an end. (laughs) But. Because of that, my thoughts are like, I want to give her a breather. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to kind of get her away from like that environment that's at school and the people that are around school. Not that anything horrible happened at school, but just give her a break and put her in different environments with the hope that we can find an environment that is 
very comforting and encouraging to her, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like, for instance, our daughter loves to sing. She loves to dance and things like that. She's going to be a part of a theater camp this summer, you know, and things like that. And I remember as a child, my mom as the, at a young age, put us in a lot of different type of activities. And then as she started to see what our interests were, that's the rabbit hole we went down. And they spared really no expense. Like if we were in the band, we got private lessons. You know, it wasn't just like you went to band right. and that was it. Like if you like playing your instrument, we're going to make sure that you do it well. You know, and that's just when I think of my parents, I think of my mom, you know, and I feel that now as a parent, you know, and that's what's guiding me, you know. Hmm. So with that, as a mom, because just talking about what you have for this summer, that's really been your baby. Like you really mm-hmm. are the person that gets the kids and all the different things and stuff like that. But is there a, a point where it's like a something you have to deny yourself in, like, because when you're scheduling all of these things, you mm-hmm. know that it's going to cost yeah. time. Yeah. Not even monetarily, yeah. but just time. Mm-hmm. Is that a difficult decision sometimes or do you just? Well, I, I've I've evolved because I think over the, the little few years we've been parents. And I feel like for me, you know, my personality is like when I get committed to something I want to jump right into it Uh but I have really like one of the things I was very mindful of for this summer is staggering things so you know and on top of that like I mean, yeah, I would love to just be able to drop her off at some type of child care. And, you know, she don't got to get up so early and and I can just do my thing. But at the end of the day, I'm realizing that I'm trying to pour into my family. I'm trying to pour into my children, which will be the next generation for yeah. us, you know, for our family. And so I see you know, one of the things that I learned from this year is that when we have been very intentional with her, even our youngest, it has, God has blessed it a lot. Right. So, you know, I really feel like it would be flat out lazy if we just mm-hmm. didn't do anything. Yeah. I, I am lazy. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. When I start to hear about the different things, it's very easy for me to just let you do it, you know, mm. let you do the planning and let you do like last year when they did swim lessons. I never went to any of the swim lessons, uh, just to be honest. Just the oldest, just yeah. fair when family right. go. Well, still, but I want to do better at that. But honestly, it is a struggle because I, I just can be selfish, basically, just mm. kind of want to spend my time to myself. But when I think on the flip side of that, because there's other things that I, I it's easier for me to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we're home alone, when we're, we're at home, I, it's easier for me to make those denying myself and, and playing some games and doing different things like that, taking her out and, and going to do those things that are like off the cuff, you know what I mean? Impromptu mm-hmm. stuff. But when it's scheduled out, man, it's a rough one for me. Mm-hmm. But I know that I, I want to be a part of that. You know what I mean? I want her to know that I was there to support her mm-hmm. the whole way along. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you're mom. So the world mm-hmm. is kind of revolves around you. And I, I understand that because the world revolved around my mom. Mm. But as as a dad, I got to try to find those spots to where I can build that. Really. And I think I'm doing a good job yeah, at it. You are. But I don't want to be lazy, really if not for nothing else just to make sure that you're not getting worn out you know because mm-hmm. now we got two yeah um 
and we got to make sure that that we double team that. And I know, you know, people listening or watching can probably relate to that. Mm-hmm. I don't, maybe not. Maybe it's just me, but that is a struggle for me, and that's a challenge that I'm trying to give myself for this summer to make sure that I don't uh, play the sideline for that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah, and I mean. You know, another part was that, like, you know, I'm trying to take advantage of the fact that we truly, though we have two kids, really one is very active right now. You know, Fallon is not even quite two yet, and she's going to do swim lessons, but there's not much other things that she's going to do. And so also keeping in mind, too, that I want to do things that are enriching and not just like the social norm and nothing against people who like throw they put their kids in like sports and stuff like that. But like I really tried to be very intentional with and that's actually my prayer for my daughter when we were going through all the stuff this year. Like I, my prayer was to I ask God to help me see her. You know, and so I can see how to meet her need. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what she really needs is because, you know, our daughter, very intelligent, very smart, um, but she marches to her own beat. And it's times where I don't understand it myself, but I don't want to clip her wings in that. I want to like fan that flame. And so, you know, like we literally have had situations like she's had two different two or three different musicals this year or something she is never shy to get up in front of people she was like merry during the christmas play Mm -hmm. you know she won the dance competition at church for uh, i mean the daddy daughter dance and stuff like she's an entertaining type of person theatrical dramatic so to put her in soccer right about now that's like me trying to make her do something and she probably would enjoy soccer yeah but we know that she loves to sing she loves to act she loves to dance so it's like and we live in a city that has a lot of different resources and when I think about back about before we had kids and we lived in Tennessee that was one of the things that we wanted to do is live in an area that you know, that we would be able to like pull in the city's resources. Right. And so, yeah. 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 Um, so kind of going, continuing on that train of thought, like I said, it takes a sacrifice, mm-hmm. whether it's an easy sacrifice or it's something that's difficult. Mm-hmm. It does take sacrifice in your time and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. But honestly, you have to, it takes being intentional about mm-hmm. the decisions that you make. Um, I think we we try to be as intentional as possible with our girls. And we had a couple, and I think we've said this before, but uh, a couple that um, met with us before we we were pregnant with Farah. Yeah, we were pregnant with Farah. Yeah, and with our oldest. And, um, you know, they got with us, and this is an older couple. It's it's an elder and an elder's wife in our church. And, you know, they gave us one piece of advice that really lasted and it was start out with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and an example that they gave us is they've always been very active in the church, you know, mm-hmm. always had like leadership positions, maybe on staff, a bunch of different things that pull at you. And I don't know any type of social group um, that you are active in is going to take your time. But if you are active in church, it can be even more so because not only are you going there just for your regular times, but then you're doing these extra meetings. And then if you have some type of 
stewardship position or meet leader, like a mentorship position, then you're spending time with other people and it, it can just pull at you and it's church. So it's spirituality. And so you feel beholden a lot of times. Um, and I say all that to say what the, he said was his only regret was that he didn't put his family at a higher priority because building with the end in mind, he wanted his children to become Christians. And that's his first ministry. And this is just kind of what he was saying to us. And the way that I interpreted that for, for me when he was telling me was that, of course, we're very involved in church. We got leadership positions, music, this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. And we could pull ourselves in a thousand directions. Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of the, the poster child for FOMO or whatever, fear of missing out. Mm. I always am volunteering for everything. Mm. Um, so I had to kind of think about it and roll it back. Yeah. Also, when it comes to work, you know, I'm very career driven. We both are. Mm -hmm. And when we are deciding what career path we want to do, what type of promotions we want to go for, what type of positions, you know, we got to think about what our number one goal is. Yeah. And, yeah, so that that's something that I really took with me, but really just the idea of back to that route, starting out with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. um, so we were talking about kind of that, that idea of generations building on, on top of one another, right? Yeah. And we could look at our parents, like we talk about our moms, we could see like the intentional steps that they took to mm -hmm. kind of pave the way for us to be better than them, right? Mm -hmm. And I think there is a... Um there's a like a saying, as I know I heard this a lot growing up, like, you know, each generation should do better than the next. Yeah. And that saying can just be like rolled off as like a like, you know, like an old saying or something like that. But honestly, I think it was the other day I was praying. I think I was going for a run or something like that. And don't know what it came up, came, why it came up, but I was just thinking about when we start thinking about generations, you hear a lot of people talking about like building generational wealth or building generational legacy. And really, I think for me, when I think of generational legacy and what I feel like it, it really I mean, I really, truly believe this is that um, every generation stands on the shoulders of the previous generation. And I just started thinking about like as Mother's Day was coming up and I was thinking about just being a mother. I'm a very sentimental person. So like every time I have time to reflect, I'm going to do it. OK, so I'm up here thinking about my mom and I'm thinking about like what I'm doing for like my children and how like the things that she's done has affected me and how I'm doing those same things for my kids. I just started to think about things, you know, and I think a lot of times we can criticize the generation after us. Yeah. Just as the generation before us was criticizing us. And I don't think that it we should look at it in a way of like one generation is better than the other. It's just that each generation is evolving. And I'll give you an example for this. I was telling Melvin about this. Let's think about the role of the woman and particularly the African-American woman. OK, so when I think about my grandmother, my grandmothers, when it came to them having their role was just to keep the home. Right. Like even if they wanted to work outside the home. They really didn't have the opportunity to, you know what I'm saying? They were homemakers and not even just African-American women, 
just our grandparents in general. Like, I don't know many people whose grandmothers really did a lot of working outside of the home, right. period. Okay. And so I feel like for when when it, when they were thinking about their children, they were thinking about my children need to be able to get jobs and hold, be able to support their family. So that brings us to our parents' generation. Okay. A lot of them, that's when you start seeing more of them going into the military, you know, because it was more easier for them to go into the military. Um, Even some of the women going into the military. My mom went into the military. You know, you see more of them going to college, more of them picking up trades, you know, things like that. And so their idea of success was getting a job. What their parents had for them was get a job maintain a job and for them it was get a job maintain a job be there for 30 years retire and kick back or whatever well I think when the next generation came which is us Mm -hmm. it was okay college is readily available for you guys where it may not have been readily available for everybody before you so that's where you start seeing a lot of first generation going into college you know and and there's more like I think of my family None of my aunts and uncles really went to college except for a couple of them out of 10. But all of my cousins, including myself, went to college. That was like non-negotiable. All of y'all going to college. And so I think what we have done is learn from our parents that it's no longer good enough and stable enough to get a job, work that job for 30 years and then retire. You're seeing a lot of the generation before us having to come out of retirement or even have to work even longer because it's not sustainable. So I think with our generation, we're at a place where we're starting to think outside of the box, starting to start businesses, starting to get passive income. Some, a lot of us are first, first generation home buyers, you know, all these different things. And I think it even speaks to spirituality that we were talking about as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there are some parallels to that. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of piggyback off of what you said before, you know, you know, your parents went to college and then worked. Mm-hmm. Now they are trying to instill in you something more, more of a sense of entre- entrepreneurship or um, or making more, you know, going further in your education. Yeah. Even. And now us, we are trying to set an example for our children to think more, you know, like we, we always, we talked about this before we had kids. If my daughter comes in and says, I don't care what she wants to do. You know, mm-hmm. if she comes in and she's like, daddy, I don't want to go to college. I want to be a beautician. Mm-hmm. I am not going to like, I, I think now I understand that college isn't the only way. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But I will still tell her, well, you, okay, well, let's go to beauty school and let's do all of that. Mm -hmm. And once you get perfect your trade, the next step for that, we're going to be saving and putting back. I'm going to help you to save and put back so that now like your, your vision for this can't be to be an employee. Yeah. You've got to be thinking further ahead and bigger. Yeah. Right. So that you're thinking I'm going to have my own beauty shop Mm -hmm. or at the very least, maybe she doesn't want to do that as a business. I'm going to, make investments so that I am an owner of something. But in this thing that I like to do, I don't want to be have a beauty shop because I don't want to spend more time doing the books than doing hair because mm-hmm. this is what I like to do. But 
making sure that they, if she wants to be an artist, whatever it is, making sure that she is thinking in terms of if it's in, if it's in her ability, ownership mm-hmm. down the road, like being her own boss and making something that that's going to be long lasting. Yeah. Right. So I think there are spiritual parallels, like you said. Um, I think it's easy for everybody to kind of get get that part of it, right? The idea of starting out with the end in mind when it comes to our children being successful in their career or mm-hmm. getting their education yeah. or whatever. Like if you want your, but but it is important. If you want your child to excel scholastically, then you need to make sure that you're sitting with them in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and you're teaching them the habits that they're going to need long down the road so that when they're off by themselves, they'll already have those study habits. They can't learn, you know, it's going to be very difficult for them to learn them in college, right? Yeah, yeah. And not impossible, but more difficult. Mm -hmm. So if that's your goal, you got to make those decisions. Um, You got to make those hard decisions when they are not doing well in school, pulling them out of sports, because your goal isn't for them to be an athlete. Your goal is for them to be, you know, whatever. But Mm -hmm. starting out with the end in mind and checking all of your decisions based on that. Again, I think it's easy to see that in terms of, you know, our child's scholastic or career success or sports success and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately um, there's a scripture and I, I wish I'd have looked it up. There's a scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, the It talks about, you know, us building It's I think it's in Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. and, and I'll find it and put it in it. the notes. You got it. I think I got it. Yeah. You want me to read it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. And it's actually, cause I, Kind of was making some notes beforehand, so I do have some stuff prepared. But um, this it's in chapter two of Ecclesiastes. I'm going to do verses 18 and 19, then I'm going to skip down to 21. Okay. I came to hate all my hard work here on earth, for I must leave to others everything I have earned. And who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? Yet they will control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. Now skip down to 21. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill, then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This, too, is meaningless, a great tragedy. Right. So the thing that we, if we're honest with ourselves, that we pay the most attention to in terms of leaving a legacy for our children Mm -hmm. is the thing that that can perish the easiest, yeah. right? You can save up money and put away this nest egg yeah. and do all these different things. And then you end up getting an illness that runs straight through it. Mm-hmm. Or your child could just be an ept. No matter what you do, they could squander. Um, if you don't build, you know, the necessary internal stuff, mm-hmm. they're not going to know how to handle that. Yeah, They may not be good at finances and all of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, that scripture is really awesome because it talks about like, I I work all these days to come up with these things just to leave it to somebody who may or may not be as skilled as I am. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, how much more should we be investing in something that's going to be eternal? Yeah. And that spirituality, Mm -hmm. like their salvation. Yeah. 
And I think we've spoken about this family before, but there's a family in our church that when I look at their family, because it's like there's a grandparent. I'm thinking about the Hoopers. Mm -hmm. So you got the grandparents and then all their children and then all their grandchildren are all believers in God, like true believers in God. And they are able to worship together. And and I just think to myself, it started with the grandparents. It started with them making the decision to change their life. And that changed the trajectory of their whole family. And so it's bigger than generational wealth. It's really building like a generational spiritual legacy. Right. You know, like to me, you know, I, when I think about like what you just said, like when we read the scripture and we think about like you can have somebody. And I think in one of the translations, it says that somebody may not even appreciate what you've right. done. Like you have worked hard. Your hands built your house. Your hand got your wealth or whatever you have. It's it's what you have striven to strove to whatever the word is to get, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But the person that comes after you, it'd be like, well, this was just given to me. Right. And that's with anything in life. When you work for something, it means more than when it's just given to you. Right. You know? And so it's right. And, and the Bible talks about this. Why store up your treasures in things that can be stolen from you, that moth can eat, that thieves can come in and, and rob these things from you. They can steal these things from you. And it's like in one second, everything could be gone. Right. You know, and so I, I agree with you. It's very easy to put your mindset there because that's like the low lying fruit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But we have to like strive to go higher in that tree and say, OK, none of this matters if my child has a bad heart. If right. my child is greedy, if my child does not love other people, because I wouldn't want them to even have the money. Like, I want you to have the money to do good. That's because right. money is a tool. We've already established that. So I just I think about that. It's like it's much, much bigger than that. That is the low lying fruit. It's building up good character. It's building up faith. It's building up a love for God. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's I mean, because that's really the only thing that's going to you're going to have when you leave this world. So check this out. Um, oh, I just realized I don't have my headphones on. That's why oh. I can't hear. Oh, oh okay. Mm. <laughs> wow. Wowzles. Hold that for me, baby. Um, okay. So let's think about why a child squanders wealth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Typically, it's it's somebody you just give, if you just give a kid their inheritance, here mm -hmm. goes your money and go and do this. Yeah. Right. It's very likely that they will squander it, basically, because yeah. they're not going to know how to how yeah. to handle it. Um, but that's the easy part. The easy part is the things that you can handle, right? We can handle going out, saving up money, making investments, and making sure we have the knowledge so that we can have something to pass on to our children. Mm -hmm. In the same way, uh, as as Christians, the easy part is doing what we can control, mm -hmm. getting, um, you know. Going to church, yeah. being in the word, learning, equipping ourselves and giving our children like a Christian environment and, yeah. and doing all the things that and then even, you know, seeing them get baptized. Right. Mm -hmm. And those are the easy, quote unquote, easy. But those are the things that we can control. Right? Mm -hmm. We can control all of those things in, in one way, shape or form. 
Um, but without doing the dirty work um, in both of those situations, which I'll define in a second, but without doing the dirty work, well, the dirty work for both of those things is teaching your kid financial literacy. Yeah. Sitting them down and and helping them to decide their track in life as mm-hmm. far as business-wise, figuring out what they want to do, mm-hmm. sitting down and doing their homework with them, making sure that they understand it, not just doing it for them, but making yeah. sure they understand it, taking that time out reading with them. These things are hard and they take time. And yeah. sometimes you don't get that instant gratification because you can drill and drill and drill and drill. And at the time, it may not seem like they're getting it, but still you got to come up to the bedroom every night, open the book, read the book with them. you got to sit down, do the homework with them every single night. You don't know if this is paying off, but you just got to believe that I'm, I'm doing what I can control and I'm giving them the right tools. Yeah. The same thing with spirituality. And, and you do those things if because at the end of the day, with with being successful, you know that you want them to be successful. Your goal for them isn't to give them this inheritance. Yeah. Your goal for them is to uh, grow this mm-hmm. inheritance and give it on to their children and their children and their children. Yes. And the same thing with, with spirituality. Like, we can't. We got to start out with the end in mind, but we got to understand that we may not see the payoff until the end. We may never see it, but we got to do those little things every single day, the reading the Bible, the praying with your children, the um, disciplining your children, the taking the time to make sure they understand why. Don't just say go to your room or whatever. Make sure that they understand a a really spiritual and biblical approach. Make sure you're building that foundation to their morality, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of just saying, this is right and this is wrong, make sure you're investing in them and doing the hard work that they are building their own moral code so that once they depart from you and you've given them all of the, and you drop like all of this spiritual riches on them, they're not going to just squander it because you've done the little things at the beginning. I know I always talk about like, homeschooling right Mm -hmm. um that's a good example because that's a big decision people make and there are some situations where the the school environment isn't you know isn't good yeah um but you definitely want your children to understand to be able to navigate a world of sin and maintain not only their righteousness but help other people to grow as well. Yeah. So you got to take steps outside. Now just means it's extra work. Yeah. Cause they're not going to school. So now you got to make sure that they're out there amongst the real world Yeah. and they're not in this easy place and you're not just dropping them off in kingdom kids or in teens and saying, Hey, baptize my child. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult, man. Yeah. It, it takes giving, you know, that may, what you just brought up reminds me of a scripture. Um, one of the scriptures that I use as a parenting scripture for me, and I think that'll be a good 
I think that would be a really good thing for us to do is kind of put together like a list of just like parenting scriptures that we cling to because Lord knows I've had to cling to them this year. Okay. But one of the things that, you know, like you, you asked earlier, but you, and you touched on it right here too, because you were asking me like, is this like a, a self, do I have to self like deny myself and stuff like this? And this is one of these scriptures that I always go back to when I want to be selfish about things because I'm human. And it's in Deuteronomy chapter six, verses six through nine. And it says, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when I read this, this talks about a lifestyle. This is Christian living. You know what I'm saying? Like this is telling you that like this takes work. Like it's saying as you're going, as you're coming, when you go to sleep, when you wake up, you know, and in some translations, I mean, and I want to say later on in this chapter, it it repeats itself, which mm-hmm. we know when the Bible repeats itself, it means listen. OK, right. <laughs> that's translation for you better listen <laughs> to this. But I think later on in this uh, this chapter, it talks about it again. Like when y'all are sitting, you're talking about it, the, meaning like I take this like you never miss an opportunity to train, right? you know, and to, to, to walk with your child. And that's what the dilemma is because we're still human. We're still adults that have many responsibilities, whether you work in the home, outside of the home, whatever you do, you have a lot of things on your plate. And sometimes it's just easier to just let things ride and taking that conscious effort to be intentional and to say, you know what? I'm just going to take this time to like explain this, you know, let's talk about this. And then you add on the sec, the, the, another layer that this is a young kid. So you're right. having to speak in a language that they understand, but this is what keeps me. I always, this always pops in my mind when I'm thinking about our girls, like, you know, and I, I know that this works for some people. It doesn't seem to work so much for us. We'll probably get better at it as time goes on, but like actually sitting down and having like scheduled out, devotionals and time, family time and all that stuff like that. And I think that's great if you can do that. But somebody, I think it was John Jackson who like kind of freed me of my mind of this, that like your time with anybody for that matter, doesn't have to be so like an hour of just intense devotional songs and all that stuff. And if that's what you can do with your family, that's fine. But it's putting it in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're out and y'all have and we're in the car explaining things, talking about the reason why we're having people in our home, talking about the reason why whatever happens, you know, why we serve people and why we do community service. Taking them with you, making sure that they see that. And it's like it can be so much easier to not take them, you know? And it'd be so easier just for you to tell them that when you have guests over, put them to sleep early. Mm -hmm. And just like, so you, you know, so I don't have to worry about entertaining and also trying to worry about what my kids doing, but no, letting them be able, which we're getting into that point where we're going to have to start doing that, allowing our kids to be present when we have 
guests over so they can learn how to be hospitable, how they can learn, they can learn how to serve, you know, and it's something that's second nature to them. So they're not 13, 14, 15 years old, or even an adult trying to learn how to be a servant. You know what I'm saying? They already know what it means to serve people and to have the right heart. And that takes time and that takes investment. And to me, that's what that means when it's like spiritual generational legacy is that I'm making the conscious decision now that we're going to change the trajectory of our family. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and just try our hardest and pray over that. Cause right. we don't know what that is necessarily, but I'm, I trust that God is going to show us what that is, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds, it's daunting to think about mm-hmm. sometimes. And, and I think you made that point of like, we're definitely not, um, the, poster children for it you know we've tried many times to start having devotionals on Saturdays doing them different times and Mm -hmm. it can just get away from you but I think more than anything it's that trying to find those writing it on your post saying it as you go and as you come when you sit down when you get up making sure you find opportunities to embed spiritual nuggets in your children Mm -hmm. and give them a reason why you believe what you believe yeah um but really it, it arming yourself with it. Um, what is it in Timothy where it talks about um, in, in second Timothy three sixteen? it talks about, you know, the tool that we have, you know, all scriptures, God breathe useful mm-hmm. for teaching. Yeah. Um, and uh, where is it? At? I thought I had it memorized teaching uh, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. Um, the Bible has, I've, there's not been a situation, a scenario or a thing that I've not been able to hop on uh, Google and say, what does the Bible say about obedience? Yeah. What does the Bible say about whatever? Mm-hmm. And scriptures just come up. And so you don't even now, like we are so blessed now. Yeah. Like we have literally like uh concordances in our hands Mm -hmm. at all times and so you hop on google and find out what is the literally what does the bible say about whatever it is i've typed in some of the most obscure things and i found it um i may have to dig a little bit but you know that's a tool that can really quickly if your child is acting up or doing something or y'all are about to go and and serve or y'all about to go and you see a homeless person look up something in the bible and, mm-hmm. and look, look pull your phone out look it up and say hey this is why we treat this is why daddy gave that that gentleman a couple bucks this is why we're going to um, serve here this is why we have people in our home it's just it it doesn't have to be this huge thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and I did want to read a, a scripture here um, because I think we're talking about Mother's Day and that's the thing that kicked this whole conversation off mm-hmm. with you and I. Um, and, but the cool thing about the kingdom is that this is not uh, just 
isolated to mother, you know, to people with kids. Mm -hmm. Like we all have, and it's not just isolated. If your kids are up and out and they are, have reached where you wanted them to be, that's not it. You know what I mean? That's not it. That's, we all still have a responsibility and not a responsibility. We have an opportunity to, to affect eternity and and the next generation. I've got it. Um, in Matthew, uh, Matthew 12, 48, and this is just a quick, uh, thing. It says, while Jesus was talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied, who is my uh, mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Um, we're, I mean, that's just such a cool scripture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially for us at this point in our lives when we are here and our family is hundreds of miles away. Yeah. You know, we, we have people who love us like dads and moms and Mm -hmm. sisters and brothers and children, people whose kids I've seen grow up and I've had impacts on their lives. Um, We all have that same duty and opportunity to impact the next generation. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, as a parent, it makes me feel really good to know that I don't have to do this by myself. Not yeah. only just inside the church, we have, um, you know, Missy Vern, you know, like people who, who are, who God has just put in our lives that pour into our kids. And so you also have to allow that to happen. Yeah. It can't, yeah. you can't just be insulated. That's hard though. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. Uh, because everybody's kids are, that's a touchy subject, right? <laughs> but it's not. And our even, kids, yeah. it's hard to let people in yeah. to our, our family and give yeah. us advice over our kids. Yeah. And that goes for anybody because me and you both are very, um, arrogant people mm-hmm. <laughs> and proud. We're very proud. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's, hard to admit that you are lacking in an area you know it's like i got this i got this i'm in control but no you're not in control all the time you're human and i even think about um i think it's even more than just physical children you know i'm saying like even if you're a person who is like i think of miss irma you know i'm saying and it's like i'm a grown woman But she always has an opportunity. She always makes an opportunity for me. You know what I'm saying? Like if I need advice. And she got kids of her own. Right. You know, grandkids, great grands, all of that. And it's like going back to what we were saying, each generation stands on the shoulders of the next. Right. Like, and I feel like the generation, with each generation, you have to decide what brick am I putting in that wall that we're building? And then the next generation, you're strong enough to hold them up on your shoulders. So, I mean, and and that's just, that's all of us. And it's, you know, I think too, um, when Jesus was on the cross and James was there and he told James, like, this is your mother. Uh-huh. He was talking about his mother and he said, and Mary, you know, mom, mother, this is your son. Right. Like at the end of the day, y'all take care of each other. Right. You know, and so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's it, you know, that's okay. the, that's the, I guess the crux of the, the, uh, 
conversation. I mean, it's. At I don't each know what one, that means. That's the. <laughs> That's the main point. Like I'm that's country. The main, I don't know these things. That's the main point. That's the the main meaning is is each one teach one, you know. Yeah. And we gotta be very intentional starting at in your home with your starting with yourself yeah. and arming yourself, then being intentional and passing that on to your children and the next generations, and then stepping outside of yourself. Allowing other people to invest in your family and your children mm-hmm. and you investing in theirs. And then beyond that, always looking back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had uh, a couple in our house um, that we're, we're working with. And I mean, these, these guys are sharp. They're sharp, man. You know, this dude's an engineer, super smart. It, it would be very easy for, for the, and it, it's actually very challenging for me because it challenges me and inspires me because he could definitely make a decision to be prideful or arrogant mm. and like, who's going to teach me something? Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. But uh, in her too, because they're both very smart, very spiritually, mm, just not, not sh- just sharp in terms of career and whatnot, though they are, but just spiritually, like mm-hmm. spiritually sharp and, but young. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those two things are, that's a rough combination mm-hmm. until you grow up and get a couple bumps and knots. But to see like, and it seems to, to be kind of growing to be a common thing in this younger generation, at least in our church where these guys are are begging for for uh mentorship Mm -hmm. and that's just so inspiring it it inspires me and challenges me um to really check my heart like what is my heart in Mm. that you know um because at the end of the day beyond our kids and everything else when we're too old to to lead or do anything like that if the church 20 years from now is in the same spot then we got a problem yeah you know what I mean? If there's no new thinking, no, um, if we're still going in and everything's the same, then that means that 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 we didn't do our we job. We didn't grow. We yeah, didn't evolve. We did not do our job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, anyways, guys, um, thank y'all for coming along yet again. Um, if you're watching the video, um, we probably both seem a little dragging because we're both a little tired. Um, and um, but we thank you guys for being patient with us as we're tinkering and doing different <laughs> things and stuff. This ain't our full time job, so we do this on the side. And so, <laughs> but thank you all. We appreciate you all. Um, if you are not following us on our social media handles, you can find us on Instagram. We're very active there at Soul Sense Podcast, and we're on Facebook. Um, the Soul Sense Podcast. We're on Twitter at Soul Sense Pod, short for podcast. And of course, we have a wealth of resources on our website, soulsenseministries.com. We have our YouTube that we're really trying to rev up and get some good content out to you guys. Um, really planning to do that about summertime. And uh, we just got some exciting things and ideas that we got coming on. So if you want to stay up to date, with all those different things that we have going on, head over to our website, sign up for our email list. You won't miss anything that we're doing. And we do got some exciting things that are coming up that, I mean, at least I'm excited about. (laughs) Hopefully y'all will be too. But anyway, so you have been listening to us, your hostess with the most is Kim. 
that's me and your trusty wingman, Melvin. Hola. Yeah, or adios. Oh, yeah. Adios. Wow. Okay. We'll catch you later. Bye. <laughs>